Well, this is uh, the third week of Soaking Sundays, and uh, so that was a nice little moment just to just take, have a pause before we get on with the business and continue with the run sheet. Uh, it's just good to just take those moments just to pause and soak in the presence of God. And, and that's what this series is about, is to uh, the start of the year, we could t- talk about a whole bunch of things, but we want to uh, make sure that we're making space for God at the start of the year. And whatever form that looks like, but it tends to create, mo- we're aiming to create moments in worship to uh, soak in God's presence and to talk about and experience the Holy Spirit. Now, the start of the year is often associated with uh, setting goals or resolutions. Who has set a New Year's resolution this year? I see a hand, a couple of hands, three hands. Uh, possibly somebody online, I'm looking at you. Now, I'm not much of a resolution person. Uh, however, there's something connected to resolutions that we all need to do, uh, whether you're a resolution person or not. Uh, we do it every day, and that is to make decisions. Who has made a decision today? Got a show of hands. And if uh, you hadn't made a decision already today, you just made one. You chose whether to put up your hand or not in response to what I just said. So, so we're, all, we're all there. We've all made at least one decision today. Uh, as we're starting off the year, maybe you've made a resolution, maybe you haven't. How do we go about making good decisions or even godly decisions? What does the Bible say about making decisions and how does the Holy Spirit come into it? We're going to explore it a little. In the Old Testament, there's a, a common thing that happened is people asked for a sign that God was with them and would fulfill his promises. Now, I wonder, I, I know in, in times gone by, I've asked God for signs to indicate that I'm in his will and heading in the right direction. Uh, the thing about signs is uh, you need to be looking out for them. And can we play the first video, please? Okay, God. You want me to talk to you? Tell it back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. Oh, I need your guidance, Lord. Please send me a sign. What's this joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right. Lord, I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please reach into my life. Ah! What the? There was the sign driving on by. (laughs) 
Now, it's, it's quite, uh, we, we might have used this terminology or this, this thought of I, I need to look out for a sign and uh, I need God to like, tell me to go in this direction. But uh, it's, it's quite an interesting idea and it's probably, uh, I'd say, a little bit of a kind of old school or kind of old religious idea. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, has anyone ever heard of its a pretty kind of Christianese term, but putting out a fleece? Has everyone heard that term? Uh, so, so this comes from uh, Judges chapter 6 with the story of Gideon when uh, the Israelites are under oppression and Gideon has been chosen and he says he's the least of his family who are the least of his tribe, who are the, the lowest tribe in the nation of Israel. Uh, after already encountering the angel of God and having multiple signs given to him that he is chosen by God, he asked God to twice to uh, put, it, put out a fleece and see if water will, uh, dew will be on the fleece and not on the ground and then vice versa. He says, God, I know you've told me, I've seen an angel and I've said, don't kill me because I've seen the angel of the Lord. But just, just to be sure, can you give me another sign? And then when that one's confirmed, give me another, another sign. Uh, and so he, he comes to God with predefined options. It's going to be this or this, and then I will know that you have called me for sure, for sure. And then we see an interesting story. So that's in the Old Testament. They say, okay, Old, Old Testament, and then go to the New Testament in the book of Acts. Uh, and in Acts uh, chapter 1, I'm going to kind of paraphrase, uh, but <clears throat> the apostles are... Uh, gathering together, and Judas Iscariot has uh, killed himself. Uh, he was the one who betrayed Jesus, and then it talks about in uh, Acts 1 into 15, and like uh, 18, how he, he died, and there's all these things said about him. But then, verse 23, the disciples are gathering together, and they said, so they nominated two men looking to replace Judas. They nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, that's a nice strong name, isn't it, Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. They didn't like him, understandably. <laughs> then they cast lots. It's a very peculiar thing. And the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. Has anyone kind of paused on that verse before and gone, what's going on there? I was really intrigued for a long time. It's like, so the Bible's saying that gambling is okay to like, choose leaders in church? Like, you're allowed to play like, games of odds, like draw the short straw? You know, whoever's got the short straw is the, is the one that's chosen or the one that's left out. Uh, it, it was really peculiar. I didn't have answers for a while, but it kind of uh, sat there over a few years, actually. Like, what, what's going on there? It seemed like a very strange idea. The thing is, it was a bit of an uh, Old Testament time cultural thing, and Jewish culture, but surrounding cultures. Uh, the idea of gambling or uh, casting lots rolling dice, that, that sort of thing, uh, was tied in with 
understanding the will of God or the will of the other God that uh, might have been in that culture. It was a way to discern God's sovereign will. The way it rolled out, uh, that would be, okay, God has preordained that thing to happen. So in the Old Testament, uh, if you search uh, casting lots or cast lots, uh, it comes up about 25 times this, uh, this phrase. In the New Testament, uh, it actually comes up uh, five times. Uh, four of those times, uh, in one in each of the Gospels, when they talked about when Jesus had been crucified, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, referring to the Roman soldiers. So it was very much part of uh, their culture and their time. So that's in Matthew, it's Mark, Luke, and John. The fifth time that it uh, appears in the New Testament is this story or this situation where they're going to choose the replacement for Judas. They cast lots, it fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. Do you think it sounds wise way to choose a leader for the church? And you know what? We never hear from Matthias again. That's the only time his name is mentioned in the Bible. Then this happened in the very next verse, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the Holy Spirit comes and falls on the disciples and is made available to all believers. The promised counsellor, helper, has arrived, the promised Holy Spirit. Then later in Acts, we see the very same disciples and believers uh, worshipping, praying and fasting, and they've gathered together just to seek God and be in community together. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So in the course of their prayer and fasting as a community, God provided direction. It was something new. It wasn't a laying out of a fleece, of predetermined options. God, here's what I've decided, A or B, which one is it? He provided something new, and then they laid hands and sent out the leaders, which is the best way for leaders to go. We never hear from Matthias again, but what about Paul in particular? We definitely hear about Barnabas. We absolutely hear from Paul. Half of the New Testament is written by Paul. Uh, and the book of Acts is uh, about the, the apostles, but Paul in particular going out and uh, starting churches and his missionary journeys. Uh, and I've heard it said by uh, other leaders that, that many people believe that Paul was really the, uh, the replacement for Judas, but the apostles had kind of gone ahead and done things in their effort, in their way. They hadn't waited for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hadn't come, even though they were there waiting for the Holy Spirit. Uh, they had, the gift of the Holy Spirit hadn't come, and they had jumped ahead in their time to make a decision. And we know a lot about Paul, we never hear about Matthias again. So the Holy Spirit was with them and part of their decision-making. And now as believers, we have access to the same Holy Spirit within us. 
<clears throat> 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Holy Spirit is given for the benefit of all. Not for me, but for everybody. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. There are various gifts of the Holy Spirit given for the common good or the common benefit of all. We have the Holy Spirit within us, and Romans talks about this uh, idea of being led by the Spirit, or we might often turn that around and say being Spirit-led Christians. Uh, Romans 8.14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So what does Spirit-led look like? Does it look like this? Can we roll the next video? China? Yes, sir. Carney did okay. She got 184. <laughs> China, you need 16 points to win. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same five questions you can do. Okay. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh, no. Holy oh, Spirit, no. Oh, activate. No. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Ooh. All right, let's go. 11 years has never happened before. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. I said, okay. Activate. <laughs> Come on, you can do this. See what, next time you're down at the DMV. Holy Spirit, activate. <laughs> the time you're sitting up there taking a test you ain't studied for. Holy Spirit, activate. Come on. Right, here we go. <laughs> Has anyone ever done that? Like, oh, I forgot to study for the test. And, uh, I need Jesus right now. See, this, this is funny. Has anyone seen that before? It's kind of gone semi-viral on TikTok and other uh, social networks might have popped up on there as well. <clears throat> Uh, it, it's, it's funny, but it's also a, a little bit awkward. I understand the intent. It's like this, okay, like, Jesus, you're with me, awesome. <clears throat> but see, the Holy Spirit isn't a mantra. It's not this thing that you can turn on. It's not like I'm in a computer game and I can like activate God mode and, and to, to get through. Or you drive into the Coles car park and like, Holy Spirit, activate Car parks open. Uh, it's not like this power or this spell, uh, like from Harry Potter or something. Like I, I, I haven't really watched Harry Potter or read, so I, I don't know. But you know, there's a wand and there's wizards and things. But you know, it, you, you have to say the things for the thing to happen. <clears throat> uh, if I understand that correctly, see, the Holy Spirit isn't a mantra. It's not a mode. It's a person that we have relationship with. It's God, it's, it's the Spirit of God that we walk in step and relationship with. We don't activate the Holy Spirit. It's not like a bunch of almonds that we need to activate. <laughs> we walk in step and are led, <laughs> that wasn't in the notes, and are led by the Spirit. 
sure, we can pause and focus on the presence of God around us at any particular point in time. It's good to remember and refocus. But we can also trust that he's with us and guiding us, making our paths straight. Even in this moment, we can feel the presence of God if we just pause and intentionalise what we're doing. We don't have to... Like, I couldn't walk into my workplace and go up to somebody who needs healing and, and to pray for them. I mean, I could, but if I suddenly started going, Holy Spirit, activate, Holy... Now I can pray for you. It's like the Holy, the Holy Spirit's in me already. The power of God is in you. It's in me. We have the gifts already. So if we are spirit-led, how do we know what is a good decision? Do we need to have the Holy Spirit to make every decision for us? No. For instance, did anyone ask the Holy Spirit what to eat for breakfast this morning? Or what colour socks to put on? Or whether to put on socks? Not if you're wearing sandals. <laughs> I, I say that without having looked at everybody's feet when they walk in, so <laughs> sorry if I've offended you. Uh, but what does listening to the Holy Spirit look like? It's taking a moment in decisions and asking questions like, what is the wise thing to do here? What does the Bible say about this? What do my leaders say about this sort of thing? What Does what I am feeling match with God's character in this situation? Yeah. And uh, Jesus' temptation was a good model when he was tempted and had a decision whether to... Uh, go with what Satan was tempting him with, he responded with the word. Sometimes you don't have a moment. She, in the video, she had five, ten seconds to do her thing and kind of like, I'm focused now. But sometimes when your kids are rubbing you the wrong way, you don't have a moment to just hold it there, kids. I'm just going to go and pray and focus and get in. Uh, so whether you've got the moment or not, it's important that we are in prayer, that we're reading the Bible, we understand the character of God and what is appropriate at times, uh, and to be in community with other believers to kind of have iron sharpening iron, yeah. uh, so then we can respond uh, as, and make a good decision in that moment as best as possible. And Jesus is gracious, so you know, I've made a few uh, wrong decisions in the moment, uh, but my kids still love me, and Jesus is very gracious. Here's some examples of when we should make decisions and think through some of these things. Should I post this thing on social media? What is the, what is the, what is the wise thing to do here? What does the Bible say about this? Facebook's not in the Bible, but there's lots in Proverbs about... Uh, and James as well, just through the Bible, be slow, you know, slow to speak, slow to anger, uh, quick, you know, be listening, be uh, a fool, like will run their mouth off, but a wise person will be of few words. 
Like it's, that's why it's important to understand the, uh, the full Bible as much as possible or to understand the character of God and how to respond in situations. Should I borrow money for this purchase? What does the Bible say about debt and managing money and being accountable for the things that uh, you have? Should I wear a mask when going to the shops? Well, what does the Bible say about honouring governments, even the ones we do not like? Should I leave my job? Don't like your boss or your colleagues? What does the Bible say about praying for your enemies? Bible might not say much about uh, if you should leave your job or not, but there's a whole bunch of stuff about relationships and advice and uh, slaves honouring their owners. I'm not saying we're we're slaves here, but uh, respecting authority and praying for your enemies. I've had some terrible bosses. Uh, I've had some fantastic bosses. Uh, and I've had to push through and persevere to the point where I wasn't leaving because they were terrible. I was leaving because down the track there was better opportunity and my heart was right at that point, yeah. not a year earlier when they were trying to do all sorts of things. And then when you do leave, what does the Bible say? What, should I like, try and bring people down with me when I leave my workplace and go to the new one? Should I burn my bridges? Well, what does the Bible say about that? Live at peace with people at all times. Yeah. Be, you know, be, be kind in how you speak about people. Should I buy a house? What does the Bible say? What, what is the wise thing to do? Depends on your financial situation. That's when you seek counsel, when you seek advice. What do my leaders do? What are the people that I'm accountable to? What do they say about my situation, about buying a house? bringing those things together. Yeah. What about dating, uh, getting engaged and marrying? Well, depends on the character of the person. Do, do they have a heart for Jesus? Do, you know, are you going to be equally yoked in terms of this idea of that you're an equal partner in the relationship and that you have similar beliefs and you're going to be able to work together or is one going to always be pulling up the other? These things are talked about in the Bible. Should I get a pet? It's not talked about in the Bible. I mean, unless you want a herd of sheep. Uh, uh, But there are things like managing your money well. And uh, so I know we're interested in a pet at the moment, but uh, that, they cost a lot of money. And uh, so, you know, Carmen and I are counting the cost before we invest in a, in a pet for the kids because we know there's vet bills, there's food, there's the, just the initial purchase price for the type of dog we would need, uh, non-shedding, etc. So we've got to, the Bible talks about counting the cost for things before you take the step in doing them. When you make a decision and see it through, be accountable for it as well. Often... Uh, I've heard people uh, forego accountability by using phrases like, God has told me. God has called me to, to do this. I've seen that it's thrown around to avoid accountability on a decision uh, because it basically shuts down conversation. It shuts down questioning and um, you know, uh, interrogation of the, the rationale of the idea. And when there's accountable relationships involved, there's, there's nowhere to go. When, as soon as you say, God told me this, like, if you believe that's true or if it is true, like, well, 
Where, where can you go with that in the relationship? It's pretty tricky. God might tell us to do things, but ultimately the decision is ours whether we do that or not. And we are accountable for that. We don't need to over-spiritualise our decisions. Uh, for instance, we hear people say, oh, uh, God has called us to this church, and then two months later God has called us to that church. Which, which one? Or God has provided this job for me, and then two months later it's really hard, and so I'm going to go find this other job. Well, what, what is it? Are we over-spiritualising or uh, we can just uh, be accountable for the decisions we're making and if there's difficulties, what happens in that process? Because sometimes we might feel like God is telling us to do a thing, but uh, are we just uncomfortable in that situation? And rather than stick in it and be like... Rather, Rather than be a plant, you know, the tree that puts the roots down and grows, be a potted plant and move around and be limited in our height and width and uh, the fruit that we can grow. Yeah. Are we uncomfortable in our current situation and so we look for something else? Or can we stick in it and grow uh, rather than looking for somewhere else to do the growing? The thing with decisions is if and uh, taking action like that, changing uh, a workplace or doing something quite dramatic where there's a shift, there's a, a moving of locations, uh, situations. If we look in the mirror but haven't changed, we, we, if we look in the mirror, we haven't changed and we haven't grown. Our problems go with us. And then we just have to start the cycle again. The same opportunities and challenges for us to grow are still there because we didn't, haven't dealt with them. We, did, we need to knuckle down, deal with them, and look for that growth opportunity. See, sometimes the discomfort or the discontentment in a situation is not a sign it's the wrong place to be. Yeah. It, it, could, it could just be that I'm in the wrong place within myself to recognize what the opportunity is in front of me, or recognize and admit uh, that I'm not willing to do the work or look at that opportunity to grow. Is it a difficult boss? Well, it might be an opportunity to learn to work with authority that you don't like. Are you not being recognised enough? Well, maybe God's uh, trying to change your heart and give you an opportunity to put praise on to other people, to put other people first, because in time, he wants to exalt the people who are humbling themselves and maybe someone else is getting the, the promotions and the opportunity that you're not. What, what is happening in that process? Do you, do you go jump into another workplace because there's uh, the appearance of great opportunity or do we stick it out and trust that God is working through the situation? Are we getting frustrated in the workplace with colleagues? Well, or any environment in the family. Be frustrated or bring the positivity and the change. Build the relationships. Bring change the atmosphere of that workplace and the, the dynamics of the, the people around you. I have found that almost never has God told me to do this or that with significant decisions. There might have been a set of circumstances building of a sense of what he has been calling me to do or opening an opportunity for, but ultimately it comes down to a decision. It comes down to a choice. God gives us choice and he orders our steps. In Proverbs 16, 9, 
It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Uh, other versions say, orders their steps. See, often in life, there are just choices that, and decisions that need to be made. They might be relatively inconsequential. Maybe you've got two job offers. Which one do I take? God might not be giving you any advice or sense of one or the other. You've just got to weigh them up and make a choice. And life is still going to work out. God is still with you. Just because you choose one job over another doesn't mean he's going to leave you behind. Maybe it's a choice of where to live. You're looking at buying a house. There's house A or house B or renting. It's going to work out. God is with you. But what if there is a bad option or a not good option? Something that is actually not going to work out for you. Well, I've had uh, numerous times where I've had options or choices shut down. Uh, we, we might say the door has closed on that opportunity. Uh, but what, what it takes is, uh, you know, we, we might make plans, we research, we might do things with wisdom, we might seek counsel, but we need to trust that God will order our steps, that we, we do the right things, we use the gifts he has given us, and as we go to make the step to make the choice, he orders the step and puts us in the right direction. That's what the ordering of the steps is. But it requires humility to recognise it, to be open to it, to go, God, okay, I don't understand why we're going this way, but I trust you, rather than, dang, I'm going this way. I created this opportunity. Uh, like this is what I studied. This is, you know, I've put in all the years at this job. And it takes humility to be open to it. Even in my biggest God is telling me moments where like I was in no doubt what I should be doing. There were leaders and respected people around me praying and encouraging, confirming what was happening. Probably one of the biggest ones was my decision at 20 to move from New Zealand to, from Christchurch to Sydney to study. Uh, it was a progression of things over a few months, but it wasn't a decision. It was my decision, but I had my leaders, my youth pastors, people praying for me and, and giving me words about stepping out of the boat and making decisions of faith, and uh, they were blessing me and releasing me to, to do that. So it wasn't something I was making in my own little bubble. Do you have those people in your world? Do I have those people in the world? Yes, they give our pastors, Chris and Vicky, permission to uh, bring correction uh, and advice. And they, they have. Uh, and it's been very good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> If you have a significant decision to make, uh, we need wise counsel around us. It's not something we should be doing by ourselves. And, and the other thing is going to be open to the council. Um, Pastor Phil Pringle, you know, the uh, head of C3 Church Global, uh, I've heard him tell the story a few times that he used to charge people $1,000 for advice because they would come and say, oh, you're this amazing leader, I've got this situation and I would like some advice. He'd say, okay, it's $1,000. But if you follow, if you do what I say, you'll get the $1,000 back. Because so many people would come to this leader for advice, 
but not actually follow it through because they were just looking for potential approval of their pre-made decisions and, and sanction of that, but weren't actually prepared to uh, pivot and take in wisdom from uh, somebody else who, who might have had insight they didn't. What if we are pursuing something but the people in our world we're accountable to don't agree? Well, I've had to swallow some big no's to opportunities, uh, but then to find that God had something else even better just around the corner. That, again, takes humility. Maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not the right time for that decision. Maybe something better is coming. What about when we feel like God has opened up an opportunity but it isn't working out? Don't blame God. Seek him in the middle of it. What can you be learning in the middle of the situation? What is the bigger picture? It's very hard to understand the bigger picture when you're in the middle of the situation. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. But seek God in the middle of the storm. Don't blame him for it. Maybe God's blessing isn't the money in a new job. Maybe it's the growth, the challenge, the learning, the process, the character building, the capacity growth in the situation you're in. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you, be may, you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Romans 5.2, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. See, in time, I've come to value things like maturity, wisdom, character, above other things that are more fleeting. When you get around people who have been through things, and they just share their wisdom, their stories. You, you can see the character in them. You know there's a maturity and a completeness there that, uh, that I think the more you experience in life, the more you want to be around and have that wisdom and that maturity. So, when it comes to decision-making and the Holy Spirit, God has given you the Holy Spirit you and people around you, gifts like wisdom. Uh, secondly, check the decision and the required action line up with God's word and his character. Uh, thirdly, trust in God that as you make decisions, he will order your steps. And the final thing, when you make decisions, stick them out and see what God might have in store for you you might just grow more mature and complete and build the perseverance, character, and hope you didn't know you had. Jordan, Sassy, come up. And just to close, uh, something we do every week. Uh, in a moment, I want to actually just pray for everybody uh, that might be facing decisions in the coming week or the coming year, significant things, and just... Uh, just for a couple of moments, let the Holy Spirit speak to us about those things or about what we need to do to uh, enable good decisions around those. But every week we provide an opportunity for people who aren't in relationship with Jesus to make that decision. And so 
want to do that, whether you're online uh, right now, there'll be a button in the chat that you can uh, raise, virtually raise your hand and um, our chat host will be able to pray with you privately uh, and in the room as well. If you would like to make that decision, we have a couple of people uh, at the end of the service here for prayer. And I'd encourage you to come up and talk to them and say, I, I want this Jesus. I want the Holy Spirit uh, to help me make decisions. Uh, it, it, it comes down to a, a simple prayer, really. Uh, three, three things we can pray to make that decision. Uh, sorry, thank you, and please. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong and done my way. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven and set free. And please come into my life and lead me each day by your Holy Spirit. Cool. Just ask everybody to stand as we finish. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just close our eyes and just take a moment to to focus on his voice, focus on the heart of, of God, where he is leading you and where you are at right now. Holy Spirit has people in this room and online uh, facing decisions today or this week, this month, this year. They might be significant decisions. They might be ones I've been pondering for a while. I pray you bring wisdom right now. You release the gift of wisdom from your Holy Spirit. Of knowledge and of understanding as well. Pray for people, for relationships and opportunity around to speak into decisions. That good counsel will be involved. Wisdom will prevail. Thank you, Jesus. Pray for peace. As people are pondering life-altering decisions. Pray for peace in hearts and minds and faith. Faith to make the decision and to trust and believe in you that all things are working out. In Jesus' name. Amen.